Please stay tuned for important disclosure information at the conclusion of this episode. This is Destination Retirement with Robert Kuhn from Kuhn Capital Partners. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Robert provides his clients and prospects the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Destination Retirement with Robert Kuhn. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're listening to Destination Retirement. My name is Robert Kuhn. Thank you for joining us this week. I'm the president and founder of Kuhn Capital Partners. We're fiduciary independent, and we are a registered investment advisor. We have with us, as I've talked about the last two weeks, Andrew Kuhn. He's joining us. Andrew. Hey, Robert. How are you doing? Welcome, welcome, welcome. I've used that um, intro on my own podcast. And whenever I meet people in person or people tweet at me, they always say, welcome, welcome, welcome. And I have yet to tell them that that actually came from you years ago when we (laughs) recorded the podcast. And I'm not going to tell them. I take full credit for it every single time. So, so we welcome, go. welcome, welcome. Happy to be here. Yeah, good. How Thanks for doing? joining us. Good, good. So uh, as you know, if you've listened to our show in the past, I think our job as fiduciaries, as advisors is to create a financial plan. Our job is to identify the greatest risks to your retirement and make sure that we're doing all we can to hedge against those. A couple of ways to get in touch with us. Give Paige a call. She can set a time for us to have a conversation this week. 630-492-1912, 630-492-1912, or visit the website kuhncp.com. So what do you got for us this week? I'm just going to sit and listen to you. All right, good. Take, a, take, a, <laughs> take five, hang out a little bit. I got this, don't worry. Yeah. So, so what do you think, what do you, go ahead. I was just going to say, so where we are in the market, right? So today's date that we're recording this, May 2nd, uh, by the time this, show comes out, which I believe is this weekend, correct? Yep, it is. Uh, the Fed will have raised uh, interest rates another 25 basis points. We think. Um, supposedly, right? Yeah. And there's already talks from governments and you know uh, people within the government, I should say, telling Jay Powell, the chairman of the Fed, to slow down rate hikes. But I wanted to just kind of go over like how unprecedented all this has been. Uh, really over the past a little bit more than a year. So we go into, uh, I'm not going to use the C word because uh, I get flagged on it if I, if from Spotify and podcast and iTunes, but we'll say, you know, Corona, COVID, okay. whatever, really since COVID, what happened, right? Uh, the Fed, do you really, get, do you, you really do get tagged? Yeah, they tag. And I suspect that perhaps, you oh know, my goodness. ruins the views or whatever. So I just always say the C word. That's kind of the joke okay. that I go with it. But yeah. so, what did the Fed do? What did the government do, right? Um, they flooded the system with liquidity. Interestingly, COVID was one of the biggest economical shocks that our country has really ever seen. And as most of the financial system is really a confidence game and you want to keep confidence, what did they do? They flooded the system with money. So this huge economic shock uh, that happened it created this environment where, quite frankly, most people felt the richest they have ever felt through COVID. And we're sort of seeing the, the classic hangover now in the markets of the punch bowl that was left out a little bit too long. But so the Fed, they 
expanded the money supply in the uh, economy. And all that really means is that they printed money and um, people had more cash than ever. The amount of money that was circulating around the economy was higher than it's ever been. I think it was the number 6.4 trillion increase uh, between 2020, March of 2020 and the end of 2021, uh, which is unprecedented, especially when you're thinking in the context of history. So Punchbowl was probably left out a little bit too long. What happened? March 2022, um, a little bit over a year ago, uh, they started their interest rate hike. Uh, cycle to really calm and you know try to tame this beast that is known as inflation, because the Fed, as you know, has two mandates, uh, and that's price stability, so controlling inflation, and maximum unemployment, uh, and keeping, uh, or I should say, maximum employment, so keeping the unemployment rate as low as possible. It's not. So they started this plan in in March of 2022. The S and P 500 at the time was 4,400. And 11 since taking rates from zero to 5% in this very short period of time, which is very unprecedented. Uh, we have banks failing. We have the real estate market slowing significantly. People are worried about office buildings. Uh, unfortunately, inflation, as we sit here today, is still sitting at 5%. The debt of America is at basically an all time high. Moreover, the interest rates, uh, the interest on that debt, I should say, because it's a variable cost. Think about it like a variable uh, mortgage is at an all-time high. There's been some excess that has come out of the economy and the markets, like venture capital and crypto and stuff, and just wherever there were pockets of the market that were very speculative. Um, but the unemployment rate is still stubbornly low at 3.5%, right? which is good on one side of the coin. But it's also puts the Fed at, you know, stuck between a rock and a hard place because inflation is stubbornly high at 5%. So they took interest rates from 0 to 5%. And the S&P 500, as we record this today, is still at 4,096, which is down about 7% since they started raising interest rates. And of course, you get some dividends from the S&P 500. So perhaps the return is a little bit better than 7%. Um, but it's unprecedented, right? And the market, as we record, this is down uh, 1.5%. First Republic, which is a, a big bank in the Bay Area, went into receivership by the FDIC. JP Morgan uh, acquired them. Valuations across the entire market, no matter where you look, are still completely elevated. You would think with all this excess coming out that the market would come down. And it just hasn't happened yet in a big way. So it's Tuesday and we're recording this. The Fed is set to raise interest rates again today. I personally think it's going to be the last Tomorrow. time that they do uh, raise rates and, and they're going to pause for a little bit. But I believe that the market, what it's currently pricing in is that it's basically going to be like, it's time to party. Like it's, you know, I don't know what was a good time to party. 1999 again. You, so you, uh, you, you think it's going to go. So you think when they say that we're going to pause, you think the market's going to rebound and from this recent sell off and, and run? I think that's what people think will happen. Yeah. I think that's what the market is saying will happen. Will that actually happen? I'm not exactly sure, right? I do think that it's going to be one and done in May. They're going to pause for a little bit. And the general market views that as something that's incredibly bullish. But people need a reality check that a Fed funds at 
uh, for a prolonged period of time. And more importantly, 95 billion of quantitative tightening, that is the Fed polling money from the economy per month, is anything but bullish. So using history as a context, a lot of people are pointing to 2018, 2019 uh, timeline when the Fed basically did this and the markets rallied 25% or something like that. Uh, but the key difference this time is that inflation is still stubbornly high. And if the Fed is going to follow their mandate, which is to control inflation, I just don't think they're going to turn on the engines again of printing money and making everything loose. And it's time for markets well, to go continue up. to run like crazy. So I just think the way I look at it, if you're being intellectually honest about it, is I think more needs to continue to come out of the system. I think equity holders are or people that are thinking we're going to run back to all-time highs. I think they're, you know, sort of dreaming. And it's a very interesting time. Now, so I do if, caution that with the Fed has 400 PhDs that work for them. Yeah. Um, and they're also constantly wrong, though. So that should tell you that everyone should think for themselves and not rely on the Fed. But it's just a very interesting time, honestly. So what, well, it's a so very what challenging time for retirees or people that are going to retire soon. Well, that's just it. What happens in a year like last year? right? When the market's down 19%, but yet you say interest rate hikes did what they did and the fixed income market, you know, a lot of people lost 15% to 30% on their fixed income holdings. How does an individual who's in retirement sit there and see equities go down, but inevitably, you know, we think they're going to come back up, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's more of a time game, but what about fixed income when there's safe money lost like it did. I mean, you're younger. I mean, how do you think those people feel those retirees feel because we talk to them and we listen to them often. Yeah, I would say it's, it's very concerning. And not only that, but I mean, your purchasing power has eroded. I mean, inflation is a horrible thing. And, and quite frankly, it, it breaks down regimes uh, and countries and stuff like that. I mean, they say 5% inflation. I don't know if I actually believe that I was at the store the other day in Sriracha, $18 for a, a dang bottle of Sriracha, $18. That does not sound like 5% inflation to me. I'm like, this sounds like, you know, multiples of what it was, right. you know, years ago or whatever. So it's just, it's a horrible thing. And it's very challenging to bring down because very rarely do you roll back wages. Uh, we have unemployment at an incredibly low level. So people are having a hard time hiring people, which means that they have to pay more money, which means that they have to uh, charge their customers and their suppliers more. You just go up the chain. I mean, it's just, it's a very hard situation uh, to handle. And the only way that Fed can handle that is to break something. And that's what they're trying to do. Well, they've, they've had success so far, but you're listening to Destination Retirement with Andrew and Robert Kuhn, 630-492-1912. 630-492-1912. If you want to have a conversation with us next week, the, um, no. So why then in this industry, does nothing change? Because I think we have to think of it like this. I mean, everything that you just said was, was spot on. You're educated, you're smart, you understand that. What do you think the listener thought about when you were talking about what you did in the beginning of the segment? Do you think they actually, I mean, obviously they're at, you know, people are very educated, but do you think it's, their job to know and have to react? Or do you think it's a job of an advisor that should do that for the client? Give me kind of your, you know, they 
give me kind of what you think on when it comes to that and the job of an advisor in this type of an environment. I just think we, you and I talk a lot about this, how important it is to have the right plan. If your plan is just uh, totally dependent on markets going up and down, I would say that's probably very concerning. If you look at the huge pools of capital, um, you know, in our economy, whether it's pension funds or endowments, or quite frankly, high net worth families, right? I mean, there's family offices out there where they have one client, the family. Uh, I have yet to, I'm sure there are some out there, but I've yet to meet one where it's just like they own the S&P 500 and are going up and down with the market. No, they, they have a little bit of everything. I mean, whether it's exposure to oil and gas, um, venture capital, real estate, stocks, bonds, private businesses, there's a whole lot uh, that fits within that mix. And you know, I think the biggest disservice or the biggest secret, if you will, uh, is that you can construct a portfolio that's very similar for the average individual. And I think that's quite frankly, the job of the advisor is to bring uh, these different strategies. Now, it's hard. And, and a lot of people listening, if they're with, you know, call it whatever wirehouse a or financial bank. advisor, yeah, and they bank. may look at their statement, and it's just they own a bunch of stocks, right? And they, they feel diversified. Uh, but really, they own a bunch of stocks. And I think it's because it's harder to get that client if you're going to Educate. teach a bunch of new yeah. stuff, talk about new strategies, things that are different. Uh, because it's easier to get people just to say yes and say, oh, we have a better uh, stock Mouse portfolio trip, yeah. or whatever. But I don't know if that's going to yield the best results for the individual over time. No, and, and you and I have talked. We haven't talked a lot about that recently, but, you know, the sleeve approach, right? I mean, we, you know, we talk about a sleeve approach. We think protection, whether it's growth or, or income, and you want your growth bucket, your opportunistic growth bucket, and then your alternative bucket. And I think you hit the nail right on the head. What's the job of an advisor? I mean, how, you know, the return, you know, what is it? YTB or, you know, yield to yeah. broker or whatever. You want to tell everyone what that means, yield to broker? Yeah. That's yeah. generally what, how most people approach it. They get the as client, as, take them as as, mutual funds. Yeah. As far as yeah. what's going to be easiest for them to get a client, right? Correct. Because yeah. they're on to their next client. They're on to the yeah. next seminar. They're on to the next meeting to, yeah. to do that. I mean, make, make no mistake. I mean, maybe this is uh great to hear for everybody listening. Most advisors are just salesmen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally at the end of the yeah. day, that's what, really what they are. Glorified salesmen, they're very overpaid and probably not even worth the amount that they are paid. And um, of course, advisors don't want them to hear that because they don't want clients to think differently, but that's really what it is. And it's unfortunate. So I think the industry's done a disservice to the individual investor. Um, Let's get know, into that we, next segment though. Talk we're, we're up against okay. a, a clock here. So if you want right. to give us give us a call this week, have a conversation, call Paige, 630-492-1912, 630-492-1912, and we'll set that conversation up. More after the break. Hoping is good. Knowing is better. You are unique, and your investments and plans should reflect that. Investors today want defined outcomes, not investments that simply track the stock market up and down. Did you know most of all mutual funds and managed accounts by Prospectus must stay fully invested no matter how good or bad the stock market is? There is a better way. We want our clients to use portfolio gains to compound their investments, not make up for portfolio losses. Schedule a complimentary call with Robert. With Kuhn Capital Partners, partnership isn't just a promise, it's in our name. 
Welcome back. You're listening to Destination Retirement with Andrew and Robert Kuhn. We are what? A fiduciary. We're independent. We're registered investment advisory. We are a registered investment advisory firm. If this is your first time, welcome. Hopefully you'll find that everything we do is try to educate our job as advisors. And Andrew, correct me if I'm wrong, I think is to make sure we have a financial plan in place and to identify the biggest risks to of, of, of a portfolio of an investor's uh, success ultimately in retirement. And our job, I think, is to hedge against those risks. And whether it's protection, whether it's growth, whether it's opportunistic growth or alternative growth, I think our job is to construct a portfolio that can uh, do well in uh, regardless of market. So if you want to have a conversation with us this week, give me a call 630-492-1912. Actually call page 630-492-1912. So end of last segment, you were talking about what's wrong with the industry. And we talk about it often, right? About what's wrong with the industry. But when you look at the, you know, when I started in the business and you were in diapers, think about that. And, mm-hmm. and now your son, I think I mean, it was just a little bit, uh, you were just a little bit older than, than when, where Henry is today, but I think you were three or four when I started in the industry, but it was all commission-based. So mm-hmm. you're a client of mine and I'm going to call you and we're going to buy XYZ stock and sell ABC stock. And I'm going to generate a hundred to, $500, depending upon the size, maybe even a thousand dollars in commission. Right. And yeah. then you had kind of the Charles Schwab's, which I think Schwab, who is our custodian uh, for all of our clients. So for those of you listening, you know, Charles Schwab is our main custodian. Uh, that doesn't mean that they say we're good or bad, but, but just to let you know that, that if you work with us, you have an account at Charles Schwab and we're your advisors, but they came out with no commission trading and everything ultimately went fee-based. And when you look at what happened, well, now I'm going to manage your hundred thousand, your million, your 10 million. I'm going to charge you a fee, right? So it seems really great. No commissions, everything's wrapped in a fee, but what are your thoughts when you look at kind of, if I call you and, and we're losing money on a trade, you know, immediately, and you may take that call and you know, do that recommendation, you know, once or twice, or maybe even three times. But then if we're continuously losing money, you're probably going to say, well, wait, right. But when it comes to managing money on a fee, people can't mark to market their returns for lack of a better phrase and really get an idea of, you know, how well that advisor is doing. What, what are your thoughts on, you know, on that? And because, you know, like I said, nine out of 10 advisors, there's no value being added to the relationship. But yeah, go ahead. I just think it's really important to have the right plan in place from the beginning. People are going to own stocks. They're going to own bonds. The advisors can tell you how they do that better. Really okay. at the end of the day, the, what we call in the industry, they just own market beta. Meaning if the markets go up, you're going to go up. If the markets go down, you're going to go down. To your point about this transition to, you know, fees uh, from commissions to, percentage of AUM. Well, there's been a transition on how people manage money in general, like with index funds and stuff like that. So there's a lot of distortions that sort of get brought up, right? We've talked about what's the uh, Apple and Microsoft, how much do they make up of the S&P 500 now? Like 14% or something crazy like that. Well, I sent you a tweet this week, FANG, right? Facebook, Apple, Amazon. What is it? Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google. 
Google. Yeah. 95% mm-hmm. of the returns year to date were those stocks. Yeah. So, I mean, there you go. Really, that's what you own if you own the SP 500. Um, I just think it really comes down to having the right plan in place and really thinking about your personal investments, like how pension funds, endowments, large family offices, the quote unquote sophisticated money, how they think about their money, uh, which is just having, you know, different strategies that when one zigs, the other one zags, um, to really just fulfill your retirement. Right. But when you say plan, I don't know how much, yeah, plan. I don't know how much, I mean, you're in retirement, you've made retirement. What are most people's goals in retirement? I imagine it's, you know, not change your lifestyle, not outlive your income, pass it on to your heirs. I don't know if it's turning 2 million into 2 trillion. Um, you know, so it just all comes down to having the right plan, having the right individuals that think differently as opposed to the traditional advisors that put you in some, you know, thing that they dress up as being, you know, uh, good at sliced bread, but really at the end of the day, you just own the market Yeah, and, uh, having a different plan. And really, you know, when you get situations like today or like how it's been year to date, you're probably not as stressed because, you know, your bills are paid and your income is accounted for and you have a, a the right plan in place. So when you talk um, about to weather through whatever happens in the market, you know, you want to take that aspect out of your retirement as much as possible. I mean, imagine working for whatever you want, uh, American Airlines or some blue collar place or whatever, just having never thought of the market. So then you retire and perhaps you have a 401k that you rolled over to an IRA or you came into a big pool of money or whatever. Now, all of a sudden you got to think about the markets and investing and make no mistake, this is a lifelong pursuit. So that's, you know, those are some pretty big shoes to fill. And I think it really comes down to just having the right advisor who thinks differently, uh, but also brings these strategies that huge pools of capital uh, utilize daily uh, to really offset their risk and you know uh, manage their portfolio a little bit differently, and then just bringing it to the individual investor. So it comes down to really hedging. Sure, some some sort of it. Yeah, I mean, there's just again, I I deal with a, a my I mean, full disclosure. I mean, I run I'm a partner in a hedge fund, and we deal with very high net worth individuals. I mean, individuals that can write $15 million checks over lunch, and they just think differently about investing than a lot of individuals do. Well, break that down. Give me why, how, what does that mean to, because I think, you know, our job is to educate the listeners, right? So why, like, how do they think differently? And and I don't want to put the blame on the listener. I'm putting the blame squarely on the industry and the advisor. And especially when you're, you're with a big bank or a big brokerage firm, I mean, their products and their solutions are very limited, but why is it that the higher net worth clients that you deal with think differently and really maybe a couple ideas on how they think differently, not this investment versus that investment, but kind of just how they think when it comes to kind of investing. Yeah. I mean, I think it comes down to, to your point, the industry doesn't want the individual to know that they're paying for something that they could get themselves for free or literally log into their TD Ameritrade or, you know, whatever brokerage account, I shouldn't use names, uh, whatever brokerage account and basically click a few buttons and you'll have a portfolio that's designed like the same way that these other quote unquote professionals with their fancy, you know, three letters next to their names or whatever, whether it's CFP or CFA or whatever, uh, you know, the same, you could do the same thing for yourself is what I'm trying to say and not pay anybody. But 
if you don't want to do that and you want to bring more interesting things and really think about your portfolio differently, um, you know, there, there, there are individuals that do that, but I just think the vast majority of the industry is all about, we call them brain makers, go and raise more assets, slap a fee on that individual's account. Mark, well, it goes isn't up it great for market. them though? Of course it is. It's one of the best businesses in the world. <laughs> I know, the market's right? down. The market's down. Everybody else is down. Where are you going to go? Yeah. The market's up. I'm so smart. Yeah, but right? that, that's how it is. But that brings me to another point though. We often have this debate. The debate is, you know, when you, when you bring an outlier type strategy that some years are going to outperform, some years are going to underperform, then are you, are, is the advisor uh, opening themselves up to like, for example, last year, right? So our growth manager was down 29%. And the, uh, so they were down about eight, about eight and a half percent more than the S and P. Okay. So if you clients who got in last year, they're wondering what in the heck now clients who have been in since 17, 18, 19, they probably didn't recognize the blip because the outperformance was so significant. But is there, is that why advisors are afraid to bring something different to the table where in a year like last year, you're having to explain why you didn't do as good as the market did. Correct. I mean, that's exactly why, really. And really, it's, I mean, stock prices and markets, they make people think very funny. I mean, there's been countless books written on, you know, behavior, uh, behavioral finance and stuff like that. And I mean, look, if you purchased a house and for whatever reason, interest rates rise, and now that house that you bought for 500 grand is down to 400 or $450,000, you're not sweating. You're like, I'm not moving. This is, this is an investment. It's still, 2000 square feet, three bedrooms, three bathrooms. I'm happy. I live in a, a place that I'm, you know, I enjoy whatever. I'm not moving. I'm not selling. But unfortunately, when you see these prices that flash around on a screen all day, it sort of gamifies it, which by the way, the brokerages want because they want you to trade more uh, because they make their commissions. Oh, now the pitch is, oh, well, no commission trading. You're not paying it. Okay. If, uh, if you're not paying something, newsflash, uh, you are somehow yeah. they're selling that data to, yeah. other firms. You're the product, um, right? Yeah, of course. You know, so I just think it gamifies it. I think at the end of the day, it really comes down to just having the right plan in place. Okay. If you went into something knowing that you're investing in a growth manager that is perhaps a little bit more volatile, right? Because sure. they're doing something different than the S&P 500 and you have a down year. Well, has the process changed? How have they well, done over time? It. How have yeah. they managed through it? You yeah, chose that, right? So that's just something that you made the conscious decision to to invest in, right? But if you have a plan around that, meaning maybe your income needs are met, you own some other things that, as I said, zig when that zags, you're going to come out okay over time. Yeah, 630-492-1912, 630-492-1912. Get with Paige and we can have a conversation next week. You didn't get uh, answer the question that we're talking about with, with some of the investors that you deal with the higher net worth, just a nugget or two on maybe how they look at losses or just the average Joe versus kind of those clients that you're dealing with. Just give me a couple of differences because we have a lot of people. Process. It's just so all the process. It's just the process of, of like what they're investing in, how they spread their risk around. I mean, if you have somebody that let's say has, it doesn't matter how much because whatever you have is important to you, but let's say uh, $5 million, $10 million, a million dollars, whatever that number is, they're not just going to plow it all in the SP 500. The vast yeah. majority of them don't. I'm sure there are some that do, but they, they just don't. 
uh, they spread the risk around and maybe 500 grand here, a million here. Uh, you know, they, they spread the risk around. Now, not with different advisors. Together a different strategies, that, right? Yeah. Different yeah. strategies. Sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you're a small cap manager, they're not going to allocate all of that to you. Um, they're investing in your fund because they don't focus on small caps. Maybe they focus on large caps in their own portfolio, or maybe they focus on, I don't know, real estate for their, that's the vast majority of the family's wealth. And they, they want to diversify and, and spread their risk around. So they invest in uh, an investment manager. I mean, there's so many different ways to skin the cat, but I encourage everybody look at Yale's endowment, look at uh, Stanford's endowment, all these larger pools of capital. And you'll see they're just, they're managing capital differently than the individual does. It's certainly different than the so-called professionals do. That's it. And I think that's, you know, we're coming up against the break here. Next segment, I want to talk about alternatives and um, kind of get, you know, just go over some ideas on that. But if you want to have a conversation with us uh, this week, give Paige a call, 630-492-1912. Again, 100000 or $20 million, it really is irrelevant. Uh, our job is to make sure that we're allocating your capital uh, to make sure that we're hedging against your greatest risks so you have a successful retirement. 630-492-1912. More after the break. Would you like your portfolio to be more certain in uncertain times? These days, there are more questions than ever. Before we can get to the answers, we have a question for you. What do you want to accomplish? Understanding the bigger picture is the first step to helping you pursue your goals today, tomorrow, and for generations to come. To schedule a complimentary call with Robert, please call 800-674-3217. Again, that's 800-674-3217. With Kuhn Capital Partners, partnership isn't just a promise. It's in our name. Welcome back. You're listening to Destination Retirement. Thank you for joining us. Andrew is on this week and any plans on being with us most weeks, except next week, somebody gets to go to Omaha. What's going on in Omaha? That's right. It's the uh, Berkshire Hathaway event. It's a bit of a surreal experience because you're in... Omaha, Nebraska, surrounded by cornfields. <laughs> yeah. People listening in Chicago know this, and I can yeah. say that because I'm from the area. But yeah. you're, you're in this clean little pretty city that almost feels a little stuck in time, not going to yeah. lie. Surrounded by cornfields. I always liken it to, it's a bit like Field of Dreams, that movie. Sure. And there's just a bunch of investors walking around. I mean, it's an interesting experience. I mean, last year I was walking out of a Marriott, and I'm like, oh, there's Bill Gates. Wow, this is kind of weird. Yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah. So yeah, going to the the uh, annual event, I encourage everyone to go. I mean, it's it's a very interesting, fun, immersive experience. We and, can watch it I now mean, live. Like, what I is think. he? Ninety six, ninety seven, and Munger's ninety nine. I mean, these are guys in their prime still. Quite frankly, I mean, if anything, last year proved is that Buffett is still one of the best um, at what he does. Yeah. And of course, he brings in different strategies to what he does. But uh, yeah, so looking forward to it. Well, that's good. 630-492-1912. If you want to have a conversation this week, 630-492-1912. So we talk a lot and you and I always go back and forth on, on ideas and, and alternatives and, and whatnot. And like you said, I think our job as an advisor is to bring, you know, I think, what is it? Just different return drivers, you know, strategies that can do well in different markets. And yeah, sure. And, and so when we, you know, we, we, two things I want to talk about, uh, this segment, the, uh, polarizing annuity, 
And I want to talk about alternatives. Which which do you want to dive into first? Let's talk about the uh, the A word, annuity. Okay, Ooh, people are turning off the radio. <laughs> I know, girl. right? Yeah. In you know, your you've had, kind of have a love hate relationship with them. I think, right? I mean, I think you, you know, I think a lot of them, you know, just don't have the growth that you want to see. But there's certainly a select handful that do, right? Sure. And, yeah, and I, when would, you, I would call that. And when you look at the, so, so what the annuity is, and I think we're starting to see a lot of people uh, kind of gravitate towards these types of strategies is for the income protection or the, uh, the principal protection. And I don't know, there's 20 main carriers. We're only going to use, you know, one or two because we vetted, you know, these types of strategies and, and we want to make sure that, you know, we're giving our clients every chance to succeed, which is ultimately to grow their money. But, would you, I mean, the, the annuity space has really changed dramatically over the last really handful of years. And I think the annuity fits for income and, you know, any color kind of around that in, in how you would position, you know, kind of those strategies in an overall portfolio. I just think about how I would be uh, if I was in a retiree's or 50 place. and I know individuals that are, are retiring or close to retirement. I think what most people care about is maximizing their income and not changing their lifestyle and knowing that their income needs are met. So yeah, for a, a part of a portfolio to um, basically do that. Yeah. I, I always have thought that it makes sense because then what it does is it takes all this craziness out of the market. If your income needs are met, and you structure a portfolio around that. And perhaps that's by having an annuity. So your lifestyle doesn't have to change. And perhaps there's even a, a some sort of growth with that income yeah. over time. And you have these other buckets of money that are going to be more opp opportunistic, grow with the, uh, with the market. Basically, you're owning America, or perhaps you uh, add some razzle-dazzle in there. You do other things to try to you know, drive returns. I think that's a, a great way to live retirement, quite frankly. I mean, I couldn't imagine just waking, waking up, up every day and yeah. again, wondering. just wondering and, and worrying and be like, oh my gosh, you know, I worked my whole life and now the SP 500 is doing this and the Fed's doing this and oh, the government that and uh, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's not a way to live a life, certainly in retirement. Uh, Would it surprise you? Made it, Would it surprise you, know? you though that most people don't have a distribution plan in place? I, that doesn't surprise me. I, I no. spent the whole first show talking about how I think uh, most advisors aren't, you know, yeah. aren't, aren't but, but great. They, so yeah, but they don't. I mean, think about that. You know, what I've found is those clients under a million dollars, they're very laser focused on income. You know, so if you have a hundred thousand, you have five hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand, a million. They want to know where their income's coming from. And when we, you know, kind of the two and two to five million dollar client, they just don't have a real written income plan. And so mm -hmm. they're just, I mean, I guess they're just going to what dollar cost average out of the market and take money out potentially when the market's up or potentially when the market's down. And one thing I've always thought about the annuity, forget the name. What I, would you agree that the fact that the annuities pay a commission? Okay. And, and now they're, they're paid by the insurance company, but they do pay a commission. So I think there's a conflict of interest in the fact that you know, are you recommending it because of the commission? Or are you recommending it because the solution and the commissions, the good news is the commissions have come way down just overall. Mm -hmm. That's the trend. And so, you know, the ones that we use, for example, now the client's not paying it, you know, directly, 
but the insurance company is paying it. But, you know, they average about, oh, 0. 0.6 to 0.9% a year. Now that's all paid up front. And I think that's what's given the annuity kind of a, a, a negative connotation in that, well, you're just going to make a bunch of money. Well, that might have been, you know, true many years ago, but it's just different today. So if it was a different name, what do you, I mean, I bet everybody would want to invest in it. I mean, because if you look at the three components of that, you know, you can't lose money, your gains are locked in every year, and then it's going to pay you a future income stream for the rest of your life that may, or that has the potential to go up, may or may not. I mean, that to me, when you can figure out your social security, your pension, and then we look at taking 10, 15, 20, 30, 40% of your money and sheltering it in a vehicle that it's still your money. It's always your money. It's not going to the insurance company like they used to years and years ago, but it gives you that peace of mind. And one thing I want to see kind of what your thought is, if you can allocate less to get more, because if you have five years, seven years, 10 years to let these cook, I mean, you can get distribution yields, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11% with growth, right? You can allocate less to a portfolio or to a, to your income bucket. And then you can actually get aggressive with the rest of the money. You know, sure. I mean, and I think to yeah. me that that's, that I think we have to explain that. And one thing that, you know, people will always tell us is, you know, we educate, which is, you know, here's the good and the bad, which is why we're talking about, isn't it crazy that, you know, people just, you know, say that, well, we're not making money. It's like who works for free. Right. And yeah. it, so, mm -hmm. so I think, you know, I don't know. I think when you look at the annuity today, it's not the annuity of old. I think these insurance companies have gotten smarter to where they can give you distribution yields that are uh, significant. And you, uh, again, you always talk about that peace of mind feature, right? You're currently down in, you know, a place where you see a lot of retirees walking on the beach. Could you imagine if they had to just wonder if their livelihood was going to be affected by what's going on with the Fed or banks failing or you retire at the wrong time? Yeah. I mean, that's, who wants that? Obviously. Right. And as it goes for the name, I mean, I don't care what something's called. I mean, to your point about educating, I would want to know the pros and the cons and understand 100%. the risk because I'm the one that's making the decision at the end of the day. Yeah. Other people can invest for me, but at the end of the day, who has to answer to the bottom line? Me. Yeah. And, um, you know, so yeah, I think, I just think it adding that stability to a portfolio, that peace of mind aspect to where you're not waking up in the middle of the night and being like, Oh, you know, what's the Fed doing? What's going on overseas? My, my advisor said I'll be what's okay. Going this? Yeah. You know, I mean, who, who wants that? I mean, nobody yeah. wants that. Not certainly not at that point in your life. Yeah. And I think constructing a portfolio around that is just crucial. And quite frankly, because that's everything I'm talking is everything I would do myself. Yeah. And that's why I believe it, it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, everyone's situation is different, but no, I mean, I don't care what something is called. I care about, you know, what it is, the pros and the cons, how it's going to affect me. Um, well, it's just like, yeah, I mean, sometimes these, the income needs that can be met from these products in retirement, I think are phenomenal, but then you'll have other people like, Oh, I, I own dividend stocks. I own a stock that has, you know, uh, a 10% dividend yield. It's like, Hey, newsflash. The reason yeah. it's 10% is probably because something's going on, right? Yeah. It's like they buy a 10% dividend yield and the stock drops 30% or 50%. Are, do you uh, care about that yield? Absolutely not. Now you're still down a huge amount of money. Yeah. Um, you know, so I just think adding a component to a portfolio that fits or, or uh, you know, completes your, your income needs. I think it just makes a lot of sense, quite frankly. And the problem is 
a lot of people are probably like, wow, there's products out there that can do that. There's well, investors out there that too can good do to that. Be true. I, well, yeah, but, but it's backed by insurance companies and, yep. um, you know, I mean, larger pools of capital are, are hedging or offsetting their risk in some way mm-hmm. uh, every single day with their own portfolio. And it's just a way for individuals to do that themselves. No, I, I agree completely. And, you know, and we look at, here's the problem with the industry. And you know this, right? You have advisors. That's all they do is annuity business. Then you have advisors that will never even look at it. And I think they're both wrong. I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, they're the, the, absolutely- the old quote, the person with the hammer, the world looks like a nail. Yeah. I mean, they're, I mean they're, the world's not like that. No, they're both wrong. I think it's, it's, it's our job. And when you can get, you know, again, six, seven, eight, nine percent, you know, cash flow that's guaranteed by whoever's backing it. You know, those are conversations that we at least want to have. So you can actually be more greedy with the rest of your assets. I think if you yeah. look at if you're if if your income needs are met, are you going to worry about the ups and downs as much? Do you think we've got one and a half minutes left till we we have to uh, go to break? Yeah, I don't I don't think taking the I call it spray and pray approach to retirement is, is a good way of doing it. That's, that's no, uh, that's, that's a new one. You've never shared that with me. Yeah. You don't want to take a shotgun approach to it. You want to be yeah. much more targeted, understand what you're doing, the components of your portfolio, how your income needs are met, where yeah. that money that's tied to the market, is it going to change your lifestyle or your day-to-day life and, you know, let the markets do what they're going to do over time. And cause you're proactive on this other safe bucket. And I yeah. think it makes a lot of sense. All right. Well, we didn't get to alternatives. Let's talk about alternatives next. You're listening to Destination Retirement. If you want to have a conversation uh, this week, just give Paige a call. Set that up. 630-492-1912. 630-492-1912. More after the break. Are you considering buying an annuity? Or did you buy an annuity because you were promised stock market-like returns with no downside? If you own the wrong annuity, there is a great chance you've experienced little to no growth over the past few years. In many instances, the insurance agent received more in commission than many have in actual investment growth. If you'd like to learn more about our annuity repair strategy, please call Robert, 800-674-3217. Again, that's 800-674-3217. With Kuhn Capital Partners, partnership isn't just a promise, it's in our name. Welcome back, you're listening to Destination Retirement. Thank you for joining us. If this is your first time, welcome. You're catching this on the podcast. We do podcast every episode. Thank you. We see the numbers. They're going up and to the right. And I think that's how we judge success is by how many people listen. Uh, if you do catch it uh, via podcast and anything we've said for the last handful of years, uh, peaks and in interest, just text that podcast link to a friend, a family member. We certainly would appreciate it. Uh, gets the message out. We're very passionate about helping individuals not lose money or at least limit losses when the markets are down. Uh, if you want to have a conversation this week, easiest way to do it is call Paige, 630-492-1912, 630-492-1912, and she'll set that up. And you can also, again, visit the website, kuhncp.com. Podcast numbers are looking good, mister. Yeah. Good maybe, for you. Maybe, not, maybe not as good as yours, but <laughs> this, you got to start somewhere, <laughs> but no, we're, we're, we're really happy with it. So, uh, if this is your first time ta- uh, listening to the show or you're tuning in late, you know, the way that we, we are fiduciary, um, we, uh, are registered investment advisory firm. We're independent. I think that is so critical today. If you're with a big bank, a big brokerage firm, you're limited 
on solutions. And Andrew was talking a lot this week about, oh, kind of the alternative strategy, the endowment, Hale, uh, uh, Yale, Harvard <laughs> endowment and, and their allocations and how different they are. And, and we don't want you to think we can replicate that to, you know, exactly, but you can really what we want you to um, gain from that kind of uh, conversation that we had earlier is that you just can't buy the market. You just can't have equities and bonds. And unfortunately, most people listening, that that's all you have. So we have four buckets. We have our protection bucket, whether it's growth or income. We have our growth bucket, which is mathematical, which is proven, has great performance. You can see where it ranks versus its peers. And we have our opportunistic bucket. That's money that is there to take advantage of, you know, short-term moves in the market. I think that, that you know, when you look at markets like this, we don't want to talk about performance, but, you know, markets like today are very conducive to opportunistic money. Uh, that's probably one of the things, Andrew, that I see that most advisors don't have is they don't have a tax strategy, which is kind of the alternative, and they don't have an opportunistic bucket, which means, you know, they can take advantage of, you know, short-term movements in the market. And again, it may only be 5% of your money. It may be 10% of your money. It certainly shouldn't, you know, over allocate to that, but it can go a long way when you're, you know, if we look at, you know, the, the equities are being down to, you know, today, well, what if you, you know, big drops in the market, what if you had some fresh capital to put to work that could take advantage of, you know, kind of this, you know, near-term dislocation, I think ultimately, you know, that's, uh, you know, a good portfolio, but we can go down many rabbit holes. Let's get to the alternative space. When I say alternative investments, what does that mean to you? It's just something different than the spray and pray approach to managing so it's just money. Not a stock I think bond. you're, yeah, I think you're just, um, you're being more tactical in, in how you go about doing it. Not just, um, just owning the market. Really. You're trying to do something different than the market, which quite frankly you, you should do. I mean, if that's what you want, which is fine. Um, I wouldn't do it with my money or my family's money, but if it's your money, then just go buy the SPY. And then well, go buy what, what uh, some sort of index fund or something like that, right? Don't pay anybody to do it and be accountable to yourself. And that's what you have to do. When I think alternatives, I think what the word actually means. You're doing something different sure. um, than just, you know, traditional stocks and bonds. And the returns aren't, you know, directly related to the stock and bond market. And I think you have a lot of clients that think, well, you have to have, you know, millions and millions of dollars. I mean, generally the SEC states that you have to have a million dollar net worth, uh, not including your, uh, primary residency. So if you kind of fit that bill, then we need to have conversations. And, you know, when you look at the alternative space, it's, you know, like we often talk a lot about, you know, those returns are going to be driven really regardless of what is going on in the S and P in, 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 in the interest rate market. It doesn't mean that there's not risks, right? I mean, there's risks certainly, but if you could have 20% or 10% or whatever that percentage is in a bucket, that's going to pay pretty substantial distributions, um, regardless of what's going on. Again, you may have your traditional money that's going down, but you've got some money that's being paid. You know, don't you love cash flow? Absolutely. <laughs> cash is king, right? It, I yeah. mean, when you, when, you know, cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. And, and so, we encourage everybody that if you have a million dollar net worth and um, you know, you are just simply in uh, equities and fixed income and you don't have any alternatives inside of your portfolio, we really have to have a conversation because 
you know, the return drivers are nice, right? I mean, it's just generally cash flow of a private business. And, and, you know, a lot of times if you're in the right industry, it's, you know, there, there certainly is opportunity, especially it, when, when markets are doing what they're doing, but they also can provide substantial tax benefits. And I think Drew, when we look at kind of, you know, financial planning and having the plan in place, just cause you have a plan in place, it doesn't mean it's the right plan, right? I mean, that to me is, you know, you could just, you have to be really concerned about that, but f- tax planning is one of the most overlooked areas of, you know, kind of the, the mid market that, you know, $500,000 to $10 million client, uh, any color on that? No, I just think, I mean, even as you talk about plans, right. Um, again, most plans are just buying the market and going up and down with the market yeah. and they have a fancy word and a fancy you know, risk number profile, yeah. whatever that the advisor is paying thousands of dollars for to produce a report of like 20 or 60 or a billion pages that they just ran 20 minutes before your meeting. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I don't know what the question is. I'm beating up on advisors a lot today. What was the no, question? But, but that, well, the, no, but well, that leads me to another point, right? When you have a plan in place and I think it's warranted. I mean, look, we're not beating up. We're just educating. No, and, I think it's very important. And I'm not saying that I'm saying it's very important. I just think most of them, and this oh, is your line, aren't worth the paper that they're, they're printed on. I mean, because again, it, there's no thought that goes into it. They're Especially if they lose money. Producing a huge, huge report. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you own stocks and bonds. That's it. The and, market and, goes up, you're going to do great. The market goes down, you're going to be upset. And that's a challenge. And, and so the industry has now gotten to kind of Monte Carlo analysis, which is, you know, you're going to take your resources and then you're going to take your current or your current resources, your income need, and they're, they're going to give you a probability of success. It may be 80%, 85, 90, whatever, but outliers happen. Would you agree with that? I think black swans happen way more than people like to think that they do. Yeah. Give, give me the best one you told me a year ago. Do you remember it? Mm, That's 1987. I, I really don't know. The odds of, of the, the odds of the 87 crash reportedly were one in a trillion. Right. Okay. So there so, you go. Yeah. Well, so well, either you're very unlucky. Yeah. Right. Or they happen more often than people like to think. And perhaps it's a little bit of both. So doesn't that go back to, you could have the best plan in place, the absolute best plan in place, 95% probability, 98% probability, but you retire at the wrong time. And sure. And then your income needs are cut dramatically or your resources to produce X amount of income is cut in half. Don't you think you have to share, whether it's an annuity or a structured note or whatever it is, don't you think you have to share as a fiduciary the, um, just, just the benefit of, hey, here's a strategy that could pay you a certain amount of income for the rest of your life and here are the pros and cons and let you make that decision? Yeah, I just think it's it requires more conversations. It requires more education. It requires more selling, quite frankly, right? It's easy. I mean, most people understand what a stock and a bond is, and then it's just easy to get the individual. Yeah. And I there's I just think you want that. I mean, if I'm going into surgery, I'm not gonna I'm probably gonna, you know, ask a lot of different questions. Uh, I probably don't want the cheapest doctor, right? No. And we could talk about fees there. <laughs> yeah. I probably don't want yeah. the cheapest doctor. I probably am going to ask a lot of questions and I'm going to do my own research and put together a plan, something that I'm like, okay, the odds of success, even in the worst case scenarios are, are probably pretty high, yeah. you know? No, and, and that's just it. And, and you and I have debated these income strategies forever. 
and, and I've gone back and forth. Sometimes I think they're good. Sometimes I think they're bad. And one of the things with the index annuity uh, when it comes to income is kind of what is the growth engine. And I think so many of these annuities out there, the growth engine is just mediocre at best. And I think that's why, you know, I've always kind of looked at them as, I don't know, with, with kind of a side eye, but you know, if you have the right strategy that has the right option budget that does level option pricing, and we're doing, you know, the things that we're doing our research and due diligence in ways that you simply can't, uh, I think, you know, they obviously can make a lot of sense. And more importantly, I think you need to have them reviewed today. And this sounds very self-serving, but it's not because if you owned, if you bought an annuity three years ago, well, really two years ago or more, the interest rate environment was completely different. Today, with interest rates doing what they did last year, the interest rate environment is significantly different. That generally means more growth and more growth opportunity. Uh, the ones that we look at today, I mean, the cap on the S&P, and I, I don't know if I ever did a cap before this year or maybe late last year in 20 some odd years, but it's 15%. You know, you get the first 15% of the S&P 500. Now that can change clearly, but at least it's locked, locked in, in annually, for that year. Right? Yeah, it's locked yeah. in annually. So if markets go back and you don't give it up. Correct. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's just, it's just amazing. But okay, well, we got- part of your money. Well, totally for part of your money. But it just goes back to the conversation that I was having before is that, you know, is yes, it pays a commission. And a lot of advisors and, and ourselves included, we're not worried about, paying bills. Right. And so you're looking at, you know, well, a lot of times advisors will look at, well, what's best for me? I don't need an additional three to $400,000 of income by commissions because that's going to, you know, take out my fee-based business that ultimately is going to be, you know, better long-term, blah, 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 blah. So I think that's one of the reasons that advisors don't look at annuities as much. I think if annuities were fee-based where you're going to get 1% or half percent or whatever that fee is a year, I bet you the annuity, the annuity industry would triple in, in, uh, you know, annual business. Yeah. I guess, I guess that goes back to the fact that, you know, sometimes, you know, the advice you get is what's best for the advisor. That's unfortunately true. Yeah. yeah. The whole fee thing. I mean, I'm, I'm, as you know, I'm, uh, finishing my shed and the individual <laughs> yeah. that's going to do it. As yeah. far as I'm concerned, I'm paying for materials and paying him. I mean, yeah. he's getting paid. He's yeah. doing work. It's a commission. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, strike it, it whatever. I mean, word it whatever you want to word it. That's what it is. I know. Um, yeah. I don't care what, as long as he does a great job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. and, and it's, you know, I don't know. I, I think it goes back to it's the, the debate in this industry is, you know, it's, it's what's, you know, a lot of times it's what's best for the advisor more so. You know, we use this statistic and, and think about this. And I know you know this stat, but you bought Microsoft in 2000, 16 years to get back to even. What if, what if yeah. we're in that period now? What if we're in a period where we have ups and downs, but we don't go anywhere? Does that can affect that guy or gal that's five to 10 years from retirement? I mean, absolutely yeah. it is. Is it going to affect that retiree who, you know, just retired and now we may see a year, two or three that of negative years and, and they're pulling out their money. I mean, what happens to, to that client? What happens to that investor unless the markets go up and, those are the concerns that we have. And that's why we do the radio show because, you know, we try to give you a look inside of our brain. So any final thoughts here before we have to go in a minute and uh, 30 seconds? Yeah. I think the message is that, I mean, I said it, retirement doesn't have to be a, a spray and pray event. If you're waking up and worried about, you know, what the fed is going to do or what 
our president says or what the price of oil is or all of these things because it's going to affect your income in retirement, reach out because that's yeah. very concerning. And it doesn't have to be like that. We use commission. You said commissioned a lot in this, yeah, um, I did. In, this in this radio. I don't want people to think that like you're just a, a, a commissioned salesman. No, we're just no. saying that there's different yeah. things you could bring within the portfolio that zigs when the market zags to really just create that, um, that entity, if you will, i.e. your portfolio that is able to weather a bunch of different storms. I think that's the, the message that. No, that's my, and we're going to keep doing that. I guess I was, when I was saying commissions, I, I started to go down a path of, you know, I think advisors, I think the advisors don't suggest this because they don't need or want the commission. They just want the fee. And so again, yeah. as a fiduciary, I think you have to have these conversations. So each week we're going to today, you know, it was the first show that we've had Andrew back in, in some time. So we were kind of all over the place, but I want to let you know, going forward, we're going to have specific topics. We're going to debate, we're going to have fun, uh, any questions that you have, or if you'd like to have a conversation this week about why we're different, how we can help you give Paige a call 630-492-1912, 630-492-1912. Have a great week. Visit the website, KUHNCP.com. Send the podcast on to anybody who you think would benefit. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Destination Retirement. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Robert Kuhn from Kuhn Capital Partners. Call 630-492-1912 or visit them online at KuhnCP.com. This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. Kuhn Capital Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Any statement regarding such matters is explanatory and may not be relied upon as definitive advice. Opinions expressed are current as of the date of this recording, and such opinions are subject to change. The views and opinions of guests on this program are not necessarily those of Kuhn Capital Partners. Any reference to guarantees, principal or income, protection, buffers, or defined outcome investments are generally structured notes or fixed insurance products backed by the claims paying ability of the offering company and are not insured by any government agency. Kuhn Capital Partners is not affiliated with any guests unless otherwise stated and does not guarantee the accuracy or the completeness of any data presented. Kuhn Capital Partners and its affiliates are not responsible for any trading decisions, damages, or other losses resulting from or related to the information, data analysis, or opinions in this recording. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investments are subject to investment risk, including but not limited to the potential loss of principal. Advisory services are offered through Kuhn Capital Partners, LLC, a registered investment advisor.